up and welcome back to the For Future Reference podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 12. Stay tuned. Oh, what's up? You know what you're listening to. Are we on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a while. Yeah, we're, I'm recording. I'll keep on that. That's fun. Good, good fun. Um, what is that? First things first, I'm the realist. Yeah. And I also didn't post for two weeks. And I'm really, really sorry. Um, we miss episode 10, episode 11. Um, I'll go through and just hit, like, the main points. Because I don't want to leave you guys hanging here. Okay, I have people. Who are you? Ariel. Nadia. And I don't know who they are. What if you're a figment? Cool people. Cool <laughs> people. You're, like, in my imagination. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, having this conversation with you, too. You're, like... Your essences in my head, but then it's weird for everyone else because that your voice is captured in my microphone and published to the world. It's complicated. That you sounds don't exist. like that sounds like some split type stuff you got going on there. Okay, so I haven't seen the movie, and also if anybody's out there wants to like make this idea into a, a film, I'm available. Episode ten, it was mostly uh, we were following like Daryl, Daryl and Carol reunited. <laughs> Daryl ends up lying to Carol about Glenn dying, everybody dying, essentially. And she, I feel like she knows he's BSing, but that's not going to be brought up for another couple episodes. Um, And then we see, like, the kingdom and those people becoming more and more agitated with the saviors. Like, Morgan gets his stick taken away. There's that little scuffle between Richard and that guy again. Um, Tensions are rising. Um, the Alexandrians, they're looking for Gabriel, and they come across the junkyard, what, junkyard Jedi. Junkyard Jedi. Junkyard <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jadis and her people, and, uh, they have Gabriel, they've had him, and they were the ones with the boat, they are watching the boat, blah, 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 so they end up striking a deal with them about, like, Jadis is like, you bring me guns, and we'll help you fight your fight, um... And then Rick has to, like, prove himself with that spiky zombie. What was his name? Hector, wasn't it? Oh. It's Hector. Wallace or something like that. Walter? Something like that. Hector, Walter, something. <clears throat> anyway. Um, one more thing about that episode. I have to say this because it was so significant to me. And I just think it's important. Like, The Walking Dead. Winslow. Winslow. Yeah. The Walking Dead constantly reminds me of, like... The kingdom in real life because this episode especially where they're going to find Gabriel. Like the least important out of all of them. And it reminds me of like the parable of leaving the 99 for the one. Mm -hmm. Leaving the 99 sheep. You've got this herd and you're leaving it for like this loser, insignificant, wandering sheep. Like we have to go find it now. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, So just pointing that out. Um... And then we had episode 11, which is really good. It mostly followed Eugene, which is kind of womp womp, Eugene. Mm-hmm. His little power trip. Don't um, care. He's like, I think that he is going to be end up being Negan's apprentice. I think he's going to weasel his way in there. I don't think he's 100% sold. Like, he, they showed him saying, like, I am Negan, I'm Negan. Like, he was on it. Right. Uh, and he was kind of using his power, but I don't think he's... Gonna, he sold. Mm-hmm. He watched his friend 
be murdered by Negan. Well, also like, on top of that, like he, um, I mean, he's a, he hasn't had any significant. He's felt like insignificant, and now it's his contribution. He has yes, yeah. his contribution. Mm-hmm. And he would be the best person to go about doing that because he's like, that's they, they want him for his brains, and his brains is the best thing. He's like. He's good at faking because he's like saying he's part of something that he's not, and which was his original lie that got him to where he is now. Blah blah blah. He'd be the best person to do what he's doing, and he's mm-hmm. doing it. Anyway, um, so Dwight, yeah, Dwight is punished for letting Daryl go, and then he ends up finding out his wife or his ex-wife mm-hmm. left, and then he goes to look for her, finds a note. The note's really sad, and I think this is all leading up to Dwight being, uh broken but i think he's already there into helping this rebellion against negan like i think he wants to rebel because she was saying like daryl reminds me of who you used to be mm-hmm. in the note i was like oh my god mm-hmm. yeah he's gonna definitely switch sides for yeah. sure i agree especially with eugene being there i feel like there could be this bond of like them helping each other mm-hmm um, that the last scene is them together on the balcony, and he's like, "Yeah, we are Negan," and it's just like, "Yeah, but are we?" With our little white flag, <laughs> it's like Negan. an underground rebellion, ready to start. Yeah. Okay, I think that we can move into this episode. Then episode twelve was pretty much following Rick and Michonne. It's so good. I know you have something to say. So what is like the importance of Rick and Michonne? being shown like this together. I, I think there's lots of things. I think it shows, like, number one, like, we did need this episode. Like, we need them working together. Like, we see how well they work work and communicate together. Like, wholeheartedly. They're in sync. They're... I just love that whole carnival scene. Like, the whole... It was good. Carnival. Carnival. Love in the apocalypse. Yeah, and, like, you kept... It was playful and, like, it's unnatural because... You're not supposed to have fun in the zombie apocalypse. You're supposed to be fighting and yeah, surviving. And here they are. They're having fun. They're popping guns and um, laughing and joking. And it's I just brilliant. think it was good just seeing the two of them bonding together, you know? Yeah, I call them the the primetime swirl because <laughs> ooh, if you know me, you know that I'm all about that swirly love. Like, what are they called? Biracial couples. Like, mm-hmm. I love that so much. And... It's something that's so un- underrepresented or unrepresented in prime time media, but it's becoming more of a theme and becoming more popular. Like we see it in The Walking Dead. We see it in How to Get Away with Murder, like biracial couples. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, power couple, especially Rick and Michonne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think them, the importance of them being together in this episode, it's like it's showing us who they really are. Like, even though there's all this crap happening, they're still humans and they still want love and love is still able to, like, melt them to where they can shoot off little guns at a carnival and just be cute with each other. Mm -hmm. They're still that under all the stuff that they have to be to survive. It makes me think, like, what would they be without each other? Like, if Rick wasn't with Michonne, he'd still be, like, this powy... Powy? <laughs> he'd still be this power-hungry dictator. I can't. Like, who would Michonne be without him? She would just be so bitter and so, like... Alone? Yeah. Isolated? Calculated? Yeah. Um, what I really liked about that whole scene was that 
we saw how, like, in the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, it wasn't so hard to see, like, find food and, and things like that. But now it's becoming harder. Even the um, Jedi queen, whatever we want to call her. Jadis. Jadis, yeah. Um, she said, you know, like, before... The cans were fine, but now when we open up cans, they're rotted. rotted. Like, yeah. We're seeing how rare it is to find food and, like, finding guns and things like that is difficult and rare. But, like, it's interesting seeing Rick's relationship with, with Lori versus Michonne. Mm. Because with Lori, he was so... Um, kind of mm. doubted himself. He needed her validation a little bit. Like, yeah. And with Michonne, like, he just is confident in his decision-making, but then also just dotes on her. I love that scene where she's popping those guns and he just looks at her like, okay, baby, you got it. Oh my you got goodness. it, girl. Like, it was so <laughs> cute. You have so much confidence in, in each other. Mm-hmm. Like, they expect that the other one is going to do well and is going to succeed. Yeah. She's like, you're leaving me eight when they're behind the dumpster. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you got it. Like, yeah, you got it. got eight. That's so cute. And it's only cute, like, post-apocalypse. Right, you know? Because <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Um, I, I just love that. I love their interactions. Um, one thing that I didn't see the first time I watched it is that they saw the deer, the deer that leads to the Greek falling off that Ferris wheel. They saw it back at the van in the woods, mm-hmm. and he's like, I owe you a deer for, for something. Like, he owes her a deer, apparently. And then that's why he got distracted with the deer mm-hmm. when he was about to kill the zombies is because he thought of her in that moment. Like, right. I have to get her a deer. And then he ends up falling, and then she runs over, and she's like, oh, my God, he's dead, being eaten by zombies. And we've never seen that Michonne before Mm-mm. where she's like, I would give up right now because he's dead. Mm-hmm. Like her whole world just stopped. She, yeah. That's crazy. It's Michonne, like the girl who survived by herself with these two, like her brother, like and her brother. gutted. Yeah. That's just your life's different now. Ah, love will change you. Um, what I saw too was that the deer even represents like far back when Lori was alive too, because Carl, Shane, and Rick saw a deer. And, like, the deer is, like, just been, like, a rep... rep representation. Representation. Yeah, that word. <laughs> we can't say it, of life. Of life. And, like, we saw it then, and then we were seeing the deer now. Mm. And in the conversation, like, when Carl was on the bed, Rick and Lori had this conversation about life. And Lori had said, you know, life's not that, like, like what's the purpose of living? What's the purpose of life and Rick said it matters. Like it, we need, to, we need to fight. We need to stay. We need to, like, don't be stupid. And then with the same thing with Michonne. Like Michonne is, she's just in shock over Rick, almost losing Rick and almost him dying. And Rick said, you know, there's a future. Like you have, like, it's more than just about us. It's more about you and I. Like we have a future. Like we are building this. We're doing all of this. We're looking for these guns for future. And so the the deer is like a beautiful picture of hope and life and life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gets eaten by zombies. I think deers represent, I don't know where I heard this. I think one of my teachers in high school said deers represent like rebirth. Mm-hmm. Who said that to me? Somebody said deers represent rebirth. That's all I have. Okay. No, that's what, good, no. what do you that's think? Good. Like the importance of Rick and Michonne. 
Ah, the importance of them. I think they're hope. So I think like the primary source of hope before was Glenn and Glenn's attitude and something has to replace that level of hope and that level of playfulness and like the family aspect. So like him and Maggie, it was very focused on them and they're starting a family. Like somebody has to take that over. It's going to be Rick and Michonne. They're not going to be the new hope. Ew. I just had a thought. That's just what I think. But like everybody that gets that focus, something really messed up happens. Yep. So, like, it was Glenn and Maggie, then Glenn dies. And then it was, Abra- well, at the same time, Abraham and Sasha trying to, like, start a family. Then Abraham dies, and now Rick and... Michonne are yeah. happy. But we don't have to think that they're going to die. It's just... I'm, I don't know, because anything that gets attention in The Walking Dead is leading up to something. So, I mean, nobody, they don't have to die, but something might happen that, like... It's just a new plot twist between Rick and Michonne, those two people. Mm-hmm. Something could happen to either of them, or Carl, which we haven't even seen. In Where like the frack is Carl? Three episodes. He's got a girlfriend now. He's 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 roller rinking and he's got to go to prom. He's got things he's got to do. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Teenage things. He's he ain't got time for that. Wait, are you talking in real life or in the show? I'm talking about in the show. He's got a girlfriend. Oh, I was talking like Chandler Riggs in real life. Oh, well, I was... From well, graduation, he, he's, he's literally like, I gotta go to college. He's got he's got things he's gotta do, but Carl <laughs> has got a girlfriend. He's got a roller Coral. rink. Coral! Coral! <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a roller rink. He, yes, he was roller skating with his girlfriend down the street. They're off they making hold, babies. Hold it, no, they're oh holding my. hands, and they're roller skating, <laughs> and they're sipping on mostly milkshakes, canned roller milkshakes. Skating. Neither one of them... Enid or Carl would be happy with the other one if they lost, like, their zeal for fighting and their ridiculous survival and This is why attitude. love survives in the zombie apocalypse is because anything is possible. Where they like add, Gabriel said. Okay, this is kind of offhanded. Not offhanded. This is just the unrelated. Bunny trail. I just read this article today. I didn't even read it. I just saw it. But that Daryl's gay or they were going to make his character gay. But... It kind of makes sense because he should be all up on Carol. They have some, like, connection. Mm-hmm. And They're, he, like, pushed her mm-hmm. off of him when they were hugging. Can I, okay. Yeah, can I say and, but he's a sexy dude, and he's got no love interest. So he's closeted country boy. That's, like, typical cliche storyline. I'd like to say Hello, something. my childhood. Carol okay. and Daryl's relationship go... Because they both were battered and abused people mm-hmm. that were nothing in the human world, the human world, the the before time, uh, pre apocalypse, pre apocalypse, right? Um, and now they both are very important, strong, independent characters. Yeah, but why is Daryl not with anybody? Because Daryl's Darryl... sexuality has never been explored well, in the okay, show. Okay, I'm. I mean, just because you're in a zombie apocalypse doesn't mean you're going to find love. I mean, it just. It's but he's Daryl walking he, around he, with those biceps. Exactly, his he bow. is Daryl. He's got, and he's not talking to any other girl. He, he, we don't know what he's got going on. Maybe he's talking he to ain't the squirrel got or something. He's not talking to the guys he ain't either. Nothing. He's just an errand boy. Oof. He might be just. Oh, a, oh, oh. He was just hanging out with Aaron too. Is that his name? Yes. That doesn't mean that he's gay. It just means no. I think that. They're not addressing his sexuality purposely. Yeah, but they possibly might. But either way, Daryl and Carol's um, bond. Don't throw up at me. <laughs> Their bond goes because they both were battered and abused people. They understand. They get each other. And Daryl said that if anything happens to Carol, whether it's 
a lightning bolt cancer or a zombie that he's coming after Soldier Boy. In like a mom way. Soldier Boy. Yeah. You think that they have like a love that. interest? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that they have a bond. There might be a, a son and but mother But she's talking about like sexuality and like love I interest. know what she's talking about. I'm just saying that. Homeboy ain't got no game. Homeboy don't got time. He's Which got is, other things to do. I mean, it's funny like, because like Norman Reedus is like the exact opposite. He is the In real opposite. life, he's like all up on all the he's girls. He's got things to do. All the honeys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just like that my voice cracks like that. Honeys. Girl. Um, okay, so we were, anyway, we were talking about Rick and Michonne. Um, one more thing, then we can move on to like Rosita, my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that conversation in the car between Rick and Michonne, it just kind of, like, solidifies where they're both at. Because Rick is like, all right, we have to do this. We have to confront the saviors. We are probably going to lose people. We might lose each other. And then Michonne's face is like, no. She just is not having it. And she was down. She was the, fir- the very first one to be like, we can't, like, live like this. Mm-hmm. She- and now she's like, but wait. If... Living like not living like this means not living with you because something happened to you. Like I'm not okay with that. The cost is too high now. Mm-hmm. And that was just like a little while ago. Right. What happened? I think my my the quote that fits it fits it is um with great things comes great response. Great things come great responsibility. So like maybe she's like I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. Like I signed Great up for time. this, but I didn't sign up to lose you. Yeah, it was just a close call. Him falling off that thing. Yeah, she's just experienced he almost died, and she realized the cost could be you. No thanks. I'd rather be oppressed. But she's still down. I think she's still down. Yeah, she's she's going to be in. Yeah. Um, So then the last thing we'll talk about, the beautiful, always pleasant to look at, Rosita. I freaking hate her. She's annoying. I know you guys hate her, but I feel like we were arguing about this the other day, like, I think she's responding appropriately given what she's been through. She's this, like, she, her, Abraham, Eugene meet this huge group who's already got, like, this history, and then Abraham's gone. Regine, Eugene. Eugene's, Regina? Eugene's just, like, this chump. He's not worth anything. He's a burden more than he is an asset. And she's just alone. Mm-hmm. And her lover got taken from her. She didn't get to say anything about it. And she's just, like, a fighter by nature, and now she has nothing to fight for, but she still is just, like, pissed. And I think her aggression is she just wants to get back at what took away her, I don't know, her life, essentially. And everybody just keeps getting in the way. And then we have that scene with Gabriel. I thought it was really good. Like, every mm-hmm. scene beautiful with Father Gabriel, yeah, it's just really good. Especially, there's something between them. I wanted to ask you guys. I keep throwing things around. I'm sorry. I want to ask you guys, like, why do you think that Gabriel is the one person out of everyone that can get through to Rosita? First off, like, they're polar opposites. Like, Gabriel, he hid away. You know, he locked himself away where Rosita's, like, lashing out. So they both, um, they both, they both have been hurting or scared or fearful or whatever. And so I think Gabriel just wants her to know, like, that there's a cost to her anger and like um even though like you're hurting and stuff like that like you do need to take responsibility for your actions and like even though your feelings are validated um 
there's a way to go about about it. Yeah. I think she just feels understood by him. I think that of everyone, like, they have very different experiences, but I think that of everyone, she feels like he understands her the most. And even when she's insulting him and berating him, he's just like, yeah, like, I get why you're upset, but this is what life actually looks like. He's a realist, essentially. She probably needs somebody to give it to her straight. She needs direction. Yeah. There's something. I don't, I don't, I guess I shouldn't ask questions that I don't have answers for, but there's something about him that she trusts. I don't know if it's because she's seen him transform, like he used to be this coward who essentially like almost sold them out and like try to run away and just like, he was not on board. He's very hard to deal with. And now he's like digging graves for people so nobody comes looking. He's... I don't know. He's just like that, important now. He cut. He was threatening to kill that the Jedi girl. Yeah. He. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, he leave Tamiel alone now. And he's <laughs> I like, I ain't her. backing down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you good. think I am? Oh my god, that was funny to me. I don't know. She just like she respects him is what I'm saying. Um. But anyway, so what I want to end with is Rosita approaches, freaking. What's her name? Sasha. <laughs> Sasha. There's so many names to remember in this show. So Rosita approaches Sasha. And Sasha already knows. She's like, yes, I will help you. And what she said, like, I need first shot or something I like get, that? Yeah, I get I, to make the shot. Yeah. They already know. We're going to take out Negan for the same reason. Like, these two opposites working together for one purpose. But, and I've said this in other podcasts, in the comics, spoiler alert... In the comics, Abraham's lover goes about, like, uh, avenging his death, but she ends up getting killed by the saviors and then, like, returned as a zombie back to Alexandria. So I feel like one of them is going to fulfill that role. I hope they don't do I it. I hope it's Rosita. I hope they don't do it at all. But it, but it's... it's which mm-hmm. one? I think it's Rosita because of the buildup. This, this episode, last episode, Rosita's character has come to the forefront. Rosita is now, she's very impulsive. She's, I don't know if she's being selfish or just, like, she's so overwhelmed and directed that, like, she's putting other people in danger, too. And I think she's impulsive enough to barge in there and die for her cause because she doesn't care anymore. What do you think? It could be, I could go either way. It could be Rosita. Um, just because, you know, Gabriel has prepped up, you know, your life. What are you What are you going to do about your anger? What are you going to do with it? Like, anything's possible as long as you're still breathing. Ooh, it's like the ultimate redemption. So, what if, like, this is just a picture. What if, like, her last breath, you know, she's, she's doing something crazy, like saving Sasha. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, her way of saying, like, you know, I forgive you for t- stealing Abraham from me or something like that. I can, yeah. I could see something like that, but um, I think Sasha still has a role to be fulfilled with uh, Maggie because, you know, she's kind of like her caretaker, her... Her confidant. S- her sane voice of reason right now with Ma- yeah. what Maggie's got going on. So it's very possible that it is Rosita. Okay. My two cents. I think the buildup with uh, Rosita... Is it a red herring? Is that what it's called? Where it's like a distraction? Yes. I think it's you're thinking logically because we've seen buildups happen before death that 
this with Rosita is going to lead to her dying. And if you haven't read the comics, like, you're not even expecting the death to come, but it would make sense, is what I'm saying, that she would die next. I don't think that's going to happen. Sasha doesn't exist in the comics. She's just that freaking liberty to be anything and do anything and die at any point. So I feel like she could fulfill the role of the lover of Abraham that dies. Um, and it would just make sense. And I don't, I think the funny thing about Rosita is that she keeps wanting revenge, but she never gets to do it. And like Sasha gets her glory moment or Sasha like gets her death and Rosita still has to live with all these things that she wanted to do and all these people that she lost, but it's going to end up transforming her later on. Very possible. Um, and then Sasha's going to die. I don't want her to die. I well, can see that, because Rosita's character arc is ba basically, it's gone backwards. She was, like, powerful, and she was controlled, and organized, and motivated, and now she's, like, doesn't care about anything, impulsive, like, weak, because she's so focused. So, like, <laughs> she just needs to come full circle. Hmm. Yeah. It's possible. Also, um, didn't we say that Sasha in real life just had a baby? Uh, she's like a two-year-old, like a couple seasons ago. So maybe she's like, okay, guys, I think I'm going to go take care of my terrible two-year-old. Well, the other <laughs> chick, Frumpy Queen. Tara! So Tara, um... Frumpy oh, my God. She just always looks frumpy. It's not... It doesn't have, I'm not body-shaming. She looks frumpy. She is she in a zombie... Giant anyway, she's so in a zombie apocalypse. She, she don't got time to go to the beauty shop. She just had a baby, and she's back at it. She was nine months pregnant filming... That last season. Anyway, so, wow. Anyway, what am I saying? <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. We're going to find out next week. Woohoo! Bye!